Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb, and this is my co-host, Mike. And we wrap up our February trilogy with what we have deemed as travels to a second love. In The Accidental Tourist, we have our character Macon traveling across the city, it seems, still in the same location, but in a completely different mindset because that house is so closely associated with his marriage and the loss of his son. And so he travels across the city for that second love. In Jersey Girl, we have Ollie who leaves New York for New Jersey and finds his second love there. In Forgetting Sarah Marshall, we've got our main character Peter leaving the glitz and glamour of Hollywood to the serenity of Hawaii. Now, all three of these male protagonists must travel to find their second loves. Mike, have you ever traveled to find, I don't want to say second because we're both currently married, but I know, I'm sure that you and I both have had other infatuations before. It's hard to term any one of those previous relationships, I guess you would say, or pseudo-relationships, encounters, quote-unquote, love. Because when you find that one person who you truly love, you begin to reevaluate how you use that word with other individuals because it's a completely different context. I would say twice in my life I've had encounters or or long pseudo-relationships with ladies that I would deem as this is something significant. We've all had infatuations and very, <laughs> I would say, most of the love interests in my life don't know that they're the love interest because, not not because I'm, not because I'm grossly masturbating behind a peephole like Matthew Vaughn, not like that, simply, simply because I don't have the gusto to make that mm. first move. And so I'm like, oh, this this individual is, is really sweet and lovely, and uh, she's a love interest in my head, and I'm not going to make any move, and I'm, it's just not going to happen. So there you go. Uh, twice when I have made the move, it has... Obviously ended poorly because I think that's that's how that's what happens when you're young. Rarely does everything end up uh, very clean. I did travel to the uh, the second individual. I I lived in Northern Virginia in the Washington D.C. Uh, metropolitan area, and I traveled all the way down to Virginia Beach for my first adult job, uh, not adult industry job adult like human being job the first career my first four year career i i was very interested in like <laughs> let's, let's sex up this episode go ahead web illuminate I, us i wish i was that exciting i really do but at the same time i don't because lord knows what <laughs> where i'd be <laughs> anyways anyways and i did actually travel to a different city uh, hours away from where i actually lived and it became my city. When I worked and lived in Virginia Beach, that place became mine because I was not hampered by the cultural and familial responsibilities that I had as an Indian person living in America. All of a sudden, it didn't matter. Um, nobody knew me here, really. And I was able to make decisions without uh, any consequences of, I guess, the real world. And then, of course... Uh, when I start to, because that's that's how the, our mind works. It's just that when you start making those decisions and extrapolating, well, where is this going? Uh, it all ended kind of poorly. And ultimately, I did have to leave. And not because of that, but because I did get another job 
closer to where I grew up. But yes, so I feel like I have certainly traveled, not necessarily looking for a, a second, third, or whatever love, but I have traveled and found love. What about you? Well, there's there's a couple of nits to pick here. Uh, you, you opened uh, this episode saying we are both uh, currently married, so if my wife's listening, she would probably want no, that I mean... redacted. She won't like that choice of words. Uh, I and apologize. secondly, um, as far as... Uh, explaining the different types of love, I've expressed to her many times that what you and I share is purely sexual, and she has nothing <laughs> to worry about because <laughs> we have not yet traveled <laughs> to visit one another. Um, that may change the game when that's that's uh, an option for us both. Traveling, um, no, I mean only in this like not purposely doing so i feel like you know you have different stages in life so i grew up in a very small town so the the dating options were very limited and then you go off to college and you, you meet different people and so it's, it's not something that i guess i've ever i've never had that grand gesture moment of like chasing someone down i've never had the goodwill hunting ending where you get in the car to go see about see about a girl or anything but i i think it's been valuable to you know, make sure that you're always sort of putting yourself around uh, different types of people because you don't you don't really know like what your interests are. You don't know if you're going to become uh, an adult uh, film star of sorts until you put yourself <laughs> <laughs> in the capacity of porn stars web, and then maybe you fall into it. So no, I definitely have not had a movie version of it, but I would say that most of my sort of uh, romantic relationships have been. Um, from different different avenues. So if I've I've moved on from one, I've not uh, I've not kept it uh, small town incestuous. And I'm not saying like an X Files episode of actually incestuous, but I've I've not had that. Uh, you know, what, we'll go with Friends, the sitcom Friends. I've not had that sort of thing where you're sort of dating within the same social circle. That like, <laughs> I guess I don't know what that says about me that when I have dated one person that the uh, I, I've burned the forest and I've like poured salt over the ground so <laughs> nothing can grow anywhere. <laughs> I have to pull up stakes and go somewhere else. So uh, it's not quite that dramatic, but no, I mean, it's just a, more of a natural progression of your different points of your life. You're around different people. And so you get a chance to meet new people. What I consider to be like my first true like infatuation that felt genuine. Uh, I, it ended horribly because the twist ending was that the entire ordeal that I had been through, which lasted, I want to say, the better part of a year, turns out that I was the other guy enjoying OPP, and I was like, oh, and I, I had no idea, and that was, and that's how it kind of ended. It ended with an angry phone call from this other dude who was enlightening me and and threatening mm. me. And because I was in another city at the time, I got real rough too. I was like, yeah, you try it. But I was secretly, I was like, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> so let me, let me ask you something, Webb. Was it, I mean, obviously that's, that's a, uh, a hurtful situation because it completely changes the, the dynamic or the previous, previously established dynamic. But was there a part of you that's like, now damn it. If you could just let me in on the fact that I was being the rogue, <laughs> I could have played that part for once in my life. And you did it. You missed the opportunity to enjoy being the villain. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I, and I, I do, I think about this quite a bit and think about where my morality, uh, you know, that needle is. Because had I known that I was the other person, 
would I have continued? Would I have even uh, started it? Would I have been really staunch in my, well, no, you have to not be with this other individual to be with me. I was, And honestly, like I look myself in the mirror and I know that I still would have gone through with the things that I did. I, th- I think that, it, and it might be a, a failing on my part. And actually, throughout that process, this other person was letting me know that she was seeing this other person. And uh, and somewhere halfway through our supposed friendship, I suppose, she told me that, oh, she ended it with this other person. And that's when I decided it was okay. So I feel like I acted uh, honorably for the most part. And then I actually ultimately didn't, but that's because it was out of my control. I was given... And where did that get you, Webb? <laughs> that that's like this is actually the origin story of a villain right here. Like you didn't get the chance to be a villain, so from then on, you were going to treat people with disrespect because uh, you can't trust anyone's intentions. Uh, which it didn't actually turn out that way because you've remained uh, a, a solid but boring good guy who, <laughs> who has <laughs> no adult film star experience to speak of on a podcast. None, none whatsoever, but just a ton of research into the field in one form or another. (laughs) Uh, You know, I actually did ultimately end up traveling halfway around the world. I took a look at my options in this country, and I was like, this ain't cutting it. (laughs) And this is pre-2016, right? Uh, we uh, yes, yes, it is pre twenty sixteen. So you you knew which way the wind was blowing in this country, and you're like, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> I need someone who is completely unaware of the politics of this damn. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's funny is that the day Donald Trump won the presidency, um, that election, the day after, is when my wife got her visa to come to this country, and it was that moment of like, this is amazing and also horrible. Like I was having a so really- that's some sort of buzzer beater right there. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, the, without maybe a little bit of the Super Bowl confetti, but also, <laughs> uh, you know, our apologies to your wife coming into <laughs> right. America at that point in time. <laughs> and ultimately what happened uh, for my whole marriage situation was as uh, my parents and other family members are like, oh, hey, there's this other Indian girl and she's of marrying age and she's possibly interested. And I'm meeting these other individuals uh, when I finally spoke to the person who was going to be come my wife uh it was very immediate where i was like i have a very good feeling about this individual and my first ever voice conversation like all over the phone i had to cut short a few minutes in because i got a call from work saying that i had to be at a crime scene and i was like and this is gonna sound like such a bullshit excuse to her it's like listen i know we just started talking but i gotta go and so i felt so bad and she did kind of take it as like oh he's probably not interested that was a quick phone call I was hoping that was going to be, I got to record a podcast with Mike, so (laughs) (laughs) priorities, baby. (laughs) You know how it is. Yeah. (laughs) This is what to expect. And so, yes, I actually did travel all the way to India to get married. Um, So I can can say that I certainly did travel to uh, find that love. And I I won't say that it was uh, second, third, or fourth love or anything because, like, when I met my wife and I – understood like oh this is what it's like to be in love because the other couple instances that's not what it was like i you don't devote yourself fully to a person and and when you do 
you begin to understand the ramifications of what that means and you when you take certain vows it it, it really does clear everything up and you start seeing i had that peter moment in forgetting sir marshall where you're having the flashbacks to those instances in your life in which like wait a minute i wasn't as happy as i thought during those times and i was actually kind of treated poorly and you have those moments or even you know it could be that you treat someone else poorly because i feel like that's that was part of my experience as well because i'm not a perfect person and so you know i have my my failings and so and even now, like when I uh, misbehave or, or when I act like a dick uh, in my marriage, it's like I, I feel bad immediately and I have to tell myself, it's like, this individual moved halfway across the world to come here and, and be with me. It's like uh, sometimes you just have to uh, uh, rein in your baser urges to being like a sarcastic She's always going to have that trump card on you, Webb. She's always <laughs> – the final point can be made by her for sure. Uh, I'm sure that doesn't stop you when, whenever you you uh, say, "Hey, I've got recording lines up. I've got uh, I've got this new uh, omnibus that I've really been <laughs> <laughs> tracking down. I need my time to read it in peace." I can't go full Larry David. I just can't. Like society <laughs> prevents me from truly, you know, uh, capturing the things that I want to do in those moments, and to the point where I've actually relegated all of my uh, me time. To when my kid and my wife are asleep. Like, so, like, last night, 12 in the morning, like, I'm there reading my Batman omnibus because I, I know, like, I don't want to just be sitting there while my wife and my kid are uh, awake and wanting to do something. I'm like, I can't just sit in the corner and be like, look, I'm just going to read this comic book for a little while. I just, I can't do it. It's not in me. I got a text this morning because uh, I recorded a, another show, uh, Off Screen Death, if any of the, the tit uh you know nation wants to check that out uh it was also on on batman but during that process knowing that i was going to talk to those gentlemen and talk to um my uh i guess hetero life mate as uh kevin smith's characters would say in web uh, my, my wife said uh so this is probably gonna be a while do you mind if i watch this netflix movie uh that came up in conversation over drinks and dinner last night and uh it's it was the rare reversal where it's like, oh, yeah. oh you're going to yeah. be doing something, so I'm going to watch this movie I'm kind of excited about, and I'm like, no, go ahead, um, because I'm, you know, a nice, caring husband, and also because I will use that against her later when there's something <laughs> I want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is I, I had that moment as well, but my wife didn't ask permission. I wanted to watch Encanto, and I. Because it's a new, you know, Disney uh, uh, and or Pixar movie. I think it's Pixar. And all of a sudden, I come home one day and they're listening to some music. I was like, what is this? And my kid's really digging it. So she's like, yeah, we watch Encanto. And I was like, I wanted to watch it again. And now I'm like, I hate Encanto. <laughs> and I haven't seen it. And so I'm like refusing to watch it for a little while. But it seems like it's a good romp. So I will eventually watch it. But I had a very negative reaction to the fact that they watched something that I wanted to watch without me. But I didn't make it known that, hey, I want to watch this. Uh, but uh, and it's it's all good. I mean, clearly your wife and child are not following you on social media or letterbox where you have like a watch list or anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and and you know what? What's <laughs> like here's how I know that like I'm in love and that things are great. It's like that's 
the roughest stuff in my marriage <laughs> is that it's like I wanted to watch that movie together. This is horrible. And I know how blessed I am. And I feel like it's the same with you, uh, where it's like the problems that we have in our marriages are not really we we're making mountains out of molehills. And if that's the worst that we have to deal with in our life, I feel like we've lucked out. I think this is also a uh, clue to any uh, listeners out there to, to marry a film geek, because <laughs> the problems <laughs> they will present to you. Did you watch something without me? That may be the extent of it. That may be, you know, all you're, you're really dealing with, which it doesn't make for great soap opera. I did want to ask you a question though, because it seems like, we we don't have the uh certainly the, the trauma of in two of these films death and the accidental tourist yes and jersey girl um we probably i guess lean more for getting sarah marshall although the financial aspects of it do not make as much sense to us because i don't think i mean and we should have mentioned this maybe in the uh sort of preamble here that uh if one of us had dated a successful uh, TV actress, maybe we should have brought that up. <laughs> We're talking about our dating history. So we don't have that in common either. Was there anything watching this particular trilogy that, you know, helped or informed you in some way as far as, uh, cause I think that's one great sort of through line about our three, at least male leads is that there's an awakening of self-awareness of their own flaws and how they've treated uh, prior partners and Jersey girl, but how he's treating his daughter more so than how he treated his, his dead, uh, wife. But, um, was there anything that, you, you know, sort of illuminated you like it, like a good romance film where it's like, Oh, I could, uh, I could clean that up a little bit. I, I could become a better, uh, romantic hero in my own life. Yes. Uh, and I went, boy, I think of these three films, my favorite is most likely the accidental tourist, even though I've only watched it once. I just uh, not Jersey Girl. Well, I'm I'm, I'm surprised by this. I, well, that's the thing. I think Jersey Girl because it had I have the longest history with it. Sometimes you just mm. take what you've loved so long for granted a little bit, you know. Want a little strange, huh? Web, <laughs> want a little William Hurt, Gina Davis. Yeah, that's right. One thing about uh, the scene with uh, Macon. Where he is offering to pay for uh, Gina Davis's child to go to this expensive school. Uh, one of the things that I often see in uh, my marriage is like, I, I say things, but I don't think about the ramifications of what they could mean from where my wife is sitting. Like, I could say something completely harmless, but it might mean something different to her or have a different meaning uh, because she's just went through something or some things that she's thinking about. And so I look at su stuff like that and scenes like that. And I'm like, I need to incorporate some of that. Like I know Macon, because the character is just that way. Like he's oblivious to how this would have affected her because he's just thinking about the welfare of this child. And it's like, no, I want him to grow up uh, uh, having the right education. And I, I, I loved how purely unselfish that moment is, but he doesn't understand that, you have to look at the long game and like, how is this going to work? If things don't work out between you and this wonderful lady, like what's going to become of this child. And so that's one thing that I immediately took from scenes like that in this film, because I'm very much like making in where it's like, everything is kind of in a bubble. Like, uh, because I've been pretty much single for most of my life. And then all of a sudden, boom, I'm married. And that's really how it kind of happened. And, all, and I didn't have 
that time that I think most Americans get to, like, oh, I fell in love with this girl and I uh, dated her and then we lived together for a little while. It didn't work out, but now I'll take these lessons to the next relationship. All of my lessons come from movies. And you're absolutely right. As they should. <laughs> <laughs> and, and thankfully, we don't have the kind of trauma that's in the, the accidental tourist and Jersey Girl to kind of learn from or to overcome. Uh, but Forgetting Sir Marshall does have its own. I feel like that's where my trauma is coming from, like the same kind of stuff in Forgetting Sir Marshall, because uh, compared to the other two, it's it's a cakewalk. But I never want to discount somebody going through a certain kind of pain, because to them, it's the worst thing that they've ever felt. Uh, one of the things I learned also processing crime scenes is that my regular day is somebody's worst day. So I can't walk up to the scene of a burglar and be like, ah, at least no one died here. Like, I can't say that because the victim feels horrible. This is the worst thing that's happened to them. And so I never want to discount uh, characters like Peter versus Macon, where it's like, oh, Peter should just, but you know, you're in Hawaii, you idiot. No, he's still going through pain. And, and he doesn't know what uh, Sarah Marshall has gone through because there was depth to her character, as you mentioned on her episode as well. What about yourself? Do you see any specific scene from uh, these three movies where you're like, oh, that's what I got to do. This is a lesson learned. I, I tend to favor forgetting Sarah Marshall the most because it, it, it it's more hung up on our own, our own bullshit because it's, you know, the, the main character, uh, you know, as played at various points in the film by, by Jason Siegel, uh, where, you know, his pain, which, Unfortunately, you know, he does have Bill Hader to kind of smack him in the face. Uh, doesn't, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to discount his pain a little bit and that he lost his hot TV actor's girlfriend. <laughs> uh, because as the film reveals later, you know, he, he starts to develop some awareness that, okay, maybe he wasn't really trying that hard anymore. Maybe he was getting a little too, too comfortable. Um, and he was always going to sort of fall back on the fact that like her success is the reason she's, dumping him discounting any of his own particular passions uh or so it allows him to not try that hard at it because he'll he'll never be a tv star so that's always you know it's a fait accompli that she will she will end the relationship but as far as like our trilogy i think jersey girl is probably the one that spoke more to me in a surprising way because if you're looking at the travel aspect of it well not everyone can just pick up and go to hawaii to get over a bad breakup so Jersey Girl, in a strange way, even though it has been Affleck working for the the city, uh, you know, doing uh, picking up garbage and and driving trucks of that nature, which we talked about the episode, it, it doesn't ever really totally click to see Benny Boo doing that. Um, his travel is just is actually very it's easily accomplished. He's driving back into the city, like he's. His goal, that previous life that he wanted, is so close that he can actually just drive to look at it and be like, that's what I'm missing, is that part of that world. And I'm not that far removed from it, but he has this like crushing defeat that he's been relegated back to his hometown with this his old man who, you know, George Carlin, I wouldn't say is your, you know, is the most openly loving, but clearly he has like a loving support system with his father and his father's friends and the, the townspeople there. So I think that's the one that I think most people could apply to because most of your 
your own personal movies, like your own personal battles that, that in your head, you're like the star of this adventure would probably be problems like Jersey girl. It would, <laughs> it wouldn't be like, uh, Gina Davis followed me to Paris. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, it wouldn't be that I met Mila Kunis working at a resort in Hawaii and she put me up free room and board and then also had sex with me after we jumped off a cliff <laughs> together. <laughs> so, I probably liked with our particular theme on traveling to a, to a second level. I liked the the smaller, more uh, easily accomplished stakes of Jersey Girl, and in some way, it makes you like really hard on the Ben Affleck character because it feels like a very workable situation, but he just can't, for whatever reason, he just can't find happiness. He just can't make it work. And I think that's a problem. A lot of people face is that it seems like everything is lined up. You have good family. You have uh, a Liv Tyler has fallen to your lap as a very supportive new girlfriend. You have a great kid and yet you can't find happiness when it's right in front of you. I like that. I like that version of traveling to find something that's like within close proximity, probably more than the, uh, more international and accidental tourist and more, I guess, exotic as far as going to a sunny resort and forgetting Sarah Marshall. I will say forgetting Sarah Marshall is probably the most entertaining of these because there is no death, no death. (laughs) And you know, Mila Kunis, Kristen Bell, it's, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit more of a sex romp. Anything that has a sex, uh, battle between two couples in, uh, adjourning rooms, yeah, it's going to be a little bit more fun. But yeah, Jersey Girl. It's, I, I, I came hat in hand to uh, say, uh, Webb, you were right. And then you sucker punch me and be like, you know, the best thing in here, accidental tourists. <laughs> Everything <laughs> well, I said about Jersey Girl, I was lying. <laughs> it was a rope-a-dope, Mike. It's <laughs> trying to lure no, you in. <laughs> I would say the accidental tourist is – okay, how about let – me, let me backtrack a little bit. I would say the accidental tourist is probably the best film in terms of like filmmaking, mm-hmm. acting. Mm-hmm. Like it's just yeah, – yeah. At Jersey Girl, it will always be a personal favorite, um, certainly. And I think that I'm going to pick up more lessons in the future with Jersey Girl as my kid gets older. So when she is around six, seven, eight, that's when I'm going to look back at Jersey Girl, rewatch it, and be like, "Oh man!" And I'm going to, oh, I'm going to have. I know I'm going to have that moment where Ben Affleck is yelling at Gertie, and it's I'm going to have that moment, and I'm like, I can't believe I did that. And it's going to come Which from... Absolute Edition has been destroyed is what I'll wonder. Which one? Which <laughs> omnibus? Uh, I myself hope to have that, uh, you know, the, the sex challenge with another couple. That's where I don't have children. That, that's my hope is that you're just trying to have, I guess, a louder orgasm than the other neighbors <laughs> next door who also happen to be a successful pop musician and TV actress. That sounds fantastic to me. Two very different lives, and I'm sure they're going to be documented right here on Trilogy and Theory. <laughs> <laughs> we will have like a Vietnam trilogy, and I'll be like, hey, Webb, finally had that sex challenge I always want to accomplish. <laughs> Doesn't fit with our theme, but I have to race to tell you and our listeners about it.
shortly after Mike and I finished recording the wrap-up show for our month of February, we were blindsided by the news that William Hurt passed away. Uh, and when I looked into it, it was uh, revealed that he died peacefully among family of natural causes, thankfully. And it it really hit me like a ton of bricks because I had just finished digesting this amazing film, The Accidental Tourist, which I never even knew existed. And it cemented the concept that as film fans, how how important it is for us to really dig deep into someone's filmography of of the of the actors and of the directors and and filmmakers and and whoever else is involved uh, in the production uh, to really dig deep into their work if we really respect it uh, because you never know what you're going to find and it's so easy for us to gloss over when you're scrolling IMDb or Wikipedia and you see kind of the big ones uh, the kiss of the spider woman broadcast news uh, and then the I think the most recent uh, critically acclaimed performance, uh, History of Violence. Oh, God, he was so good in History of Violence. And he was in the movie for, like, what, ten minutes, maybe? So if you if you don't know much about his filmography and you only recognize him as the grouchy general from those Marvel movies, then please do yourself a favor and, and really dig deep into his work. I'm so thankful that Mike recommended The Accidental Tourist, for our month of February because it kind of got me to fall back in love with William Hurt's work and I've added several of his films onto my queue that I'm definitely going to enjoy. I mean, even stuff like Lost in Space. I remember being in the theater when, when the 1998 Lost in Space adaptation was put up on the screen and watching it and, and enjoying it for what it was. A Dark City, you know, so many of his films are... And you know what? I'll leave you with the one that really, really affected me. Is his performance in The Village. A film that is very divisive. I think the people who love M. Night Shyamalan call it a masterpiece. And the ones who were tired of his shtick at that time uh, uh, dismissed it. I think the truth for me is somewhere in between. But there's no denying that William Hurt is so powerful in that film. So it doesn't really matter what the film is. William Hurt will come through in any film, in any work, and give an astounding performance. And the one line that resonates with me the most is William Hurt speaking with Joaquin Phoenix's character, and he tells him in the most comforting tone that he can muster, do not fret, you are fearless in a way that I shall never know. And that is why you cast someone like William Hurt to elevate your project and to give your words and your work that much more life. So if you haven't, please look into the man's filmography. It's an embarrassment of riches. We truly are so lucky to have such a treasure trove of films and content here to dig through. <laughs> 